Hey, what is up, soccer fans all over the world? Welcome back to the Saudi Soccer Show. I'm one of your co-hosts, Brian Lofermento, and I am joined by the voice of soccer in America, Nick Webster. Nick, how are you doing this week? I'm doing fabulous, Brian. We've got those pesky internationals out the way. It's back to league play and, of course, some Champions League action. Yes, so much football to dive into, and I cannot stress how happy that makes me. We're not talking about international football. We're no longer talking or focused or even entertaining transfers and transfer rumors. Nick, we're talking football, and there's so much to dive into, including the stars yet again showing up. Shout out on the day you and I are recording this. Newcastle just made their long-awaited return to the UEFA Champions. Champions League and a former Newcastle star in the shape of Alan St. Maximin is finding form. What do you think this week? Well, I got to say that the Alali game was really something special. And, and you have to remember this, Brian. Alali just got spanked 5 1 last weekend by Al Fateh. Really, the, the shock result of the season. And alarm bells were beginning to ring. So for them to come out and produce this kind of display, was really heartwarming for obviously the home support and it was it was a great game it was really back and forth al ali went out two nil just cruising and then all of a sudden two quick goals come back and that and now it's all tied up and and you're thinking to yourself is that result from last week is it playing on their minds is it gonna is it is it gonna be a thorn and alanson maximum as you rightly pointed out comes up with I mean, just let's call it what it is, an absolute worldie. It's his first goal of the season, which, to be honest with you, kind of surprises me. I, I thought he would have been a little bit more productive. But when you've waited that long for your first goal, what a complete screamer. And it really does send the message that Al Ali, perhaps it was just a little blip on the radar getting thrashed last week, or maybe it was the kick up the pants that they needed. And coming up for this for this squad, it really is a murderer's row, Brian. They've got Anasar, El Etifak, and Al Itihad back to back to back. So for Al Ali to get three points was absolutely massive. You can see where they are in the table. Okay, they are just t- there in third place. If they hadn't got all three points there, they would have dropped out of the top five. So as we look at the three games that are coming up for them. I think they've got to be thinking at least six points if they want to have a chance of winning the title this year. With some maximum firing now, now that he's broken his duck, perhaps he'll find Firmino more often. And Mares, as we know, is capable of magic every single time he steps on the field. Yeah, Nick, you talk about the the poor form that Al-Ali entered this match with, but what a contrast. Last week, you and I were on air talking about how promising Al-Tawun's season looks, and it was a clash. I mean, we're looking at the league table right now, third and fourth right there. Al-Tawun, I think, when you look at a 3-2 result on the road, really close game, took the brilliance, individual brilliance of Alan St. Maximin with that 67th minute winner. I think it shows that they are the real deal, Nick. There's a lot to be looking at. It's fascinating looking at the league table looking at where the the public investment fund clubs are that's how one looks out of place but they deserve to be there no it certainly does look out of place i think the interesting thing for me is how are they going to bounce back you know when you start a season with four straight wins you're thinking hey everything's everything's sunshine i mean they were unbeaten 
really the form team. And then to lose in such dramatic circumstances, I think it's really going to be a test of character. If they come back strongly this weekend, I think we can honestly say that this is the team that's going to be the interloper in the big five. They lose again, hmm, could be the the bloom is off the rose. Yeah, and we talk about Alan St. Maximin. Shout out Riyad Mahrez, who's a player that I have always loved and admired despite playing at my not-so-beloved Manchester City. He was a man of the match in this match and just so many good things on display from Al-Ali. Nick, I guess we got to go back to what Gregoire predicted. Al-Ali finding form at the right time here early, early on in the season. Yeah, no, it, it, it looks good for them right now. They're scoring goals. Um, and I think... What they've managed to do, well, certainly from the previous game against Al Fateh, is sort out the defensive side a little bit, but still, I'm a little concerned. Conceding seven goals in the last two games, I think alarm bells should be ringing. Yeah, well, speaking of scoring goals, let's talk about the bromance that is blossoming at Al Nassar. They are finding their winning form, a 3-1 road victory against Al Rayyad. Nick... You got to give it up. You're rocking the Al Nassar kit this week. Good things going on there. Uh, I've got to rock it every week because this is four on the spin now for Al Nassar. And we talk about the bromance. And it really, it, it really amazes me that Mane and Ronaldo have hit it off so quickly. Mane's called his sixth goal of the season. Ronaldo, his league-leading seventh. That's 13 goals. These two players with goals and assists have been involved in something like 80% of Al Nassar's scoring opportunities this year. Now, that's great, but the concern is what happens if one of them was injured? And there was lots of rumors actually uh, over the weekend after this, after the game that Ronaldo was suffering from exhaustion. Um, I know that uh, he, he made the trip to, uh, to Iran for the Champions League, and we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. But for, for my take, rumors don't start without any reason, unless, of course, you know, we start them, Brian. But um, if, if they're saying that Ronaldo's getting a little bit tired, and, and I, I could see it. I mean, he's, he's carrying a lot of the burden. Uh, he is 38 years of age. Uh, I think that Al Nassar have got to be careful managing his minutes and making sure that he doesn't get burnt out. Because right now, the combination of Mane and Ronaldo is quite simply unstoppable. Yeah, and we talk about the brom- bromance between those fo- two former Premier League stars, but we also have to talk about it's really the attacking trio at Al Nassar that continues to stand out. Long before Ronaldo arrived in the Saudi Pro League, Al Nassar's leading goal scorer and main man was one Anderson Taliska, and he also completed the scoring three goals, one from each of Al Nassar's attacking front line. That's got to be music to Al Nassar supporters' ears. Taliska keeps on scoring, and I think that when Ronaldo arrived, at Al Nassar, people said, where does that leave Taliska? I mean, his career at Al Nassar since June 2021, 69 appearances, 47 goals. That's quite the goal rate right there. So yeah, good things happening at Al Nassar. They had a comfortable victory, but we've got to talk about the defending champions. It wasn't so comfortable, but as we are talking about right now, Kareem Benzema to the rescue in a very narrow road win. Yeah, interesting for me that, you know, we've got one of the giants of the Saudi Pro League, but the crowd, this was this is the part that kind of got me, mm, only 6,000. Now, I know the stadium isn't the biggest in the world, but only 6,000. And I'm, I'm beginning to think that 
maybe these these big European stars, Benzema to 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 be the 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 point in mention. They're used to playing in front of 60, 70, 80,000 screaming fans. And one wonders if these small crowds are kind of making the, the likes of a Benzema go, uh, it's not as great as I thought. Or, you know, I, 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 he needs the pressure, needs the pressure of, 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 a, of a big crowd maybe on him or a big crowd supporting him. Uh, third goal of the season, but just a, a narrow 1-0 victory and, you know, I, I was I was expecting more. You know, Al Akudud. They're not the strongest team in the world. I mean, they're mid-table, but really shouldn't be a problem for Al Ittihad. We are talking about the defending champions. It's about making statements. But I guess you know, you go on the road, you keep a clean sheet, you come back with three points. I guess if you're a Manchester United fan, you'd be happy with that. That is all too true, Nick. And I want to mention, because you talk about the attendance on the road for Al Etihad, the defending champions, just look at their starting 11 from the weekend. You had Luis Felipe starting at center back, Fabinho and Conte make up the heart of midfield, and Kareem Benzema started up top. Holy cow! And even with that, it took a 72nd minute winner from Kareem Benzema. So, yeah, very surprising from the champions, but when we take a look at the league table, they are sitting in second place just one point back from Al-Hilal so it's really tight at the top quite frankly it's very tight from one to sixth I mean there's a four point gap going from first place all the way down to Al-Nasar in sixth place but we've got to talk about the current league leaders Nick because it was a very big weekend for Al-Hilal because a certain Neymar made his debut Yes, finally, you know, Neymar comes from PSG for more money than, you know, we could possibly count in our lifetime. Uh, hadn't played yet. I guess there was questions about his fitness, but he came on as a substitute in the second half. And I tell you what, they, they, kind, of, they kind of needed it as well because the, 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 it was only 1-0 going into the break. Mitrovic with his uh, fifth, fifth goal of the campaign from the spot again. And this, this penalty uh, spot taking duties definitely there's 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 a lot going on at al hilal uh, my my malcolm got his fifth goal of the season neymar with the first assist of his saudi pro league career and then 32 year old salim al dasari who is quite frankly he's mr hilal he really is he scored his fifth and sixth goals of the season he's the captain of the team but this was really interesting brian the fifth one the fifth goal from the penalty spot and the crowd went bonkers. They started booing Mr. Hilal, Salim Al-Dasari, because he stepped up to take the penalty. The crowd wanted Neymar. Hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit concerned about this because this, this, this is a guy, he's 32 years of age. He's played with Al-Hilal his entire career, over 300 appearances. He's won five Saudi Pro League titles, four King built four Kings Cups, two AFC Champions League. This this guy bleeds Al-Hilal, and yet his own fans booing him as he stepped up to take the penalty kick because they wanted Neymar to take it. Hmm, that doesn't sit with me, Brian. 
I'll tell you what though, Nick, I said it before we hit record here today. These problems seem to follow Neymar. We've seen this play before. I'm going to remind you of Edinson Cavani and Neymar back in their PSG days. We saw the exact same thing. So who are you going to blame here? It's really tough to to point the finger at anyone who's been there. And, and like you said, Mr. Al-Halal himself, who's been there, who's done that, who already had scored earlier in the match and, and he's going for it. And, and right Rightly so. I mean, I guess this is my bias as a former striker speaking is that if there's a goal to be had, I'm going to take it. And we've heard managers in the past. Pep Guardiola, for example, is one very outspoken critic. We saw when I think it was Holland and Gundogan was going for a hat trick and Holland let Gundogan take the penalty kick. He eventually missed. And Pep Guardiola said, don't mess about. Let your penalty takers take your penalties. Where, where do you settle on that, Nick? As a manager yourself, it's, it's a tough thing to grapple with. Well, look, you know, we're going to we're going to talk about Jorge Jesus, the manager of Al Hilal. Look, he's got Mitrovic, and Mitrovic has taken, I believe, three penalties now. Uh, no, two penalties. He's made them both. Um, Neymar took penalties for PSG when he wasn't fighting with Cavani or Mbappe. Salim El is 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 simply a legend of the club, and it's not that Mitrovic is the designated penalty taker now, and the reason why he probably didn't take the the penalty for uh, Al-Hilal later in the game was because he'd been subbed. So as the club captain, I'm assuming that, you know, you're going to step up. You know, th- this, is, this is who you are. You're the captain of the club. And when responsibility lands, you're going to be the one to take that responsibility and put your hand up and say, listen, I'm the one that's going to take it. Um, I'm just, I'm just very confused by the reaction of the crowd because they obviously love Salim Aldasari. They love him because he's won so much for the club. Um, and I'm, I'm just, I'm really curious. Perhaps there's just, there's, there's a little bit of a, a mind, mind mess up with what's going on with Neymar and what's going on with the club and what's going on with Jorge Jesus because he's got this embarrassment of riches. He has five. Great players, as I said, Malcolm, Mitrovic, Alvasari, Michael, and Neymar. Uh, quite, a, quite a Brazilian flavor there. But how is he going to play all of them? He can't play all of them because it would just make the team too lopsided. So this is, this is where, as a manager, you've really got to earn your call. You've really got to understand psychology of players. You've got to be looking at fixtures. You've got to be looking at uh, opponents. You've got to be looking at workload. And... He's going to have to make some very tough decisions because at the same time you're you're managing these things, you also want players to get a rhythm. And if they're being bounced in and out of the side, it's very hard to develop that rhythm. And we saw it today in the Asian Champions League. Al-Hilal tied a team called Navbahor from Uzbekistan. Up front for Al-Hilal in this game, Mitrovic, Neymar, Malcolm and Michael. Aldasari dropped. The captain was dropped. And what happens? They tie 1-1 to a team that nobody has ever heard of. I've never heard of Navbahor from Uzbekistan. I'm sure you haven't. And so already you pointed out, Neymar has so much ability. He's such a fantastic player to watch. But he can be toxic. And are we seeing some toxicity already, which would be mind-blowing because he's only been with the club in the time it takes to make a cup of tea. 
Yeah, Nick, I want to push a little bit more because I think that you have some unique insights here. If listeners aren't familiar with your managerial background, you were assistant manager of the first ever semi-pro team, amateur team to beat a major league soccer team, not in penalties. That was in the U.S. Open Cup with Cal FC. You were coaching alongside Eric Winalda. And what I'm thinking here, and when we look at Jorge Jesus, this is someone who came from Benfica. And we talk about all the time how the players have to adapt to the Saudi Pro League. Well, the same is true for these managers. This is a totally different situation. And Nick, especially considering the, the unique situation that we find at Portugal's biggest clubs. Let's look at the big three, Benfica, Porto, and Sporting Lisbon. What's true of all three of those clubs? What's true is that they all have amazing academies. They all develop those squads intentionally from the youth setups. For Jorge Jesus, one, he's got a wealth of riches that he's never had before here at Al-Halal. And two, he hasn't developed it. It's been built. It has been handed over to him. So you talk about fitting all these different pieces together. It's a totally different game than what he's done before. What is the solution here? Well, I can't help but think there might be a little language bias kicking in here. Neymar, Malcolm and Michael, guess what language they speak? Portuguese. Well, Jesus, where's he from? Portugal. Uh, so communication is is obviously a, a piece of cake for him. Maybe not so not, not so much with Aldasari. Um, and that's why I'm thinking that he went he went with those three today against uh, Navbahor in, in the in the Champions League. But I think it really did upset the chemistry and. I think that he's got to be really, really careful of this because we saw a managerial carousel at PSG. And why was that a a carousel? Because they could never really get over the line because the big three of Neymar, Messi, Mbappe really couldn't find the chemistry to to work it out. And, And Neymar and Cavani, chemistry once again. I think we need to keep a very close eye on Al Hilal. Uh, in the league and certainly in the Champions League. Yeah, let's transition. I do want to talk about the Champions League because it's, I mean, for a lot of fans, this is their first taste. We all know the UEFA Champions League, but this is a different beast. This is the AFC, the Asian Champions League. Clubs have to travel quite far, Nick. I remember as, you know, a fan of Manchester United, how many fans talk about, oof, we've got a grueling away trip to, you know, Western Ukraine, for example. In the grand scheme of the world, Europe is tiny. Now we're talking about these Saudi clubs going all across Asia, traveling long, long distances to some crazy scenes. I want to talk about, I don't know if if you've seen it, Nick, but the clips going viral on TikTok and on Twitter right now of Al Nassar in Iran for their Champions League game, which just finished today before you and I started recording this. And there's a very funny clip where the fans outside, the local Iranians, they've never seen a global superstar like Ronaldo play in their country. And so they were outside his hotel having a party that is fit for the ages. And Cristiano Ronaldo, someone zooms in up on high up in the hotel where you can see him in the window, thumbs upping the fans signifying that he'd like to sleep, putting his head up to his hand saying, hey guys, I need to sleep. Insane scenes, it's a different beast. You've been all over the world, Nick. How's the AFC Champions League compare? Well, I mean, there was something like 5,000 supporters outside of the uh, hotel. The, the team coach from the airport was absolutely mobbed and I believe it took 
two hours to get from the airport to the hotel for a journey that should have taken about 30 minutes. Uh, Perisopolis is the team that they were playing, uh, and it was a tough game. In fact, you know, it kind of really hinged on a red card for the home side in the 52nd minute. After that, Andasar got going. They scored in the 62nd and 72nd minute um, to secure three points, a, a very valuable three points. But, yeah, I, I think this, this whole Saudi experiment is changing the landscape of football in the AFC. And like you rightly pointed out, how many global superstars have been to Iran? Uzbekistan, you know, Iraq. It just it just doesn't happen. And now this season in the AFC Champions League, they're going to get a taste of the world's greatest players. And I think we're going to see scenes like that everywhere the big five go. Yeah, Al Nassar actually had to cancel their training because they couldn't make it to the stadium with the mobs that were going all over their team bus, just desperately hoping to get that one picture of the man, the myth, the legend, the greatest of all time, Cristiano Ronaldo. And Nick, I saw fans online were saying, you know, this this past year we saw Messi win FIFA. He won everything there is to win, including the FIFA World Cup. But someone online rightfully said Messi may win FIFA, but Cristiano Ronaldo has won the world. He's the world's biggest celebrity, Nick. Are you ready to admit that? World's biggest celebrity? Hey, he probably is. I mean, he's got he's got the most uh, fans on Instagram, so uh, I'm, I'm going to have to give it to him. Um, the, the final team uh, was Al-Itihad in Group C. Very comfortable 3-0 win against AGMK, another team from Uzbekistan. Romarinho, it's, it's definitely, there's definitely a Brazilian flavor and I, th- I think the colors of our show are kind of Brazilian today, green and yellow, and I'm wearing yellow. So, yeah, Romarinho with a couple of goals there. So, Alditi had top of Group C. But great to see, great to see the, the, the AFC, the, the Champions League. And it's going to get some love. And that's the, that's the cool thing about this, this tournament this time around. Yes, we all talk about the UEFA Champions League. And, look, without a doubt, it's, it's the greatest football soccer tournament in the world, bar none. But I think we're going to see something from the AFC this year and we're going to see teams and players that we've never heard of, seen before. And I believe that that's going to be a shop window for new blood to come to potentially to Europe, certainly to the Saudi Pro League. Yeah, Nick. And I also want to talk about about Al Feha, which is the fourth Saudi Pro League team also in the Champions League. They're the only one that fell to a 1-0 loss in this opening round of fixtures. So they were away to a Hal, which when I click in the app that I use for scores, Nick, it doesn't even tell me where this club is from. <laughs> Absolutely classic. I'd like I said, we're gonna we're gonna get so many teams this year. Oh, and I apologize beforehand, we may butcher their names until we get to know them a little bit better. Yeah, and with that said, Nick, you bring up the UEFA Champions League, which you and I, having been longtime supporters of the English Premier League, we've seen how difficult the start of the Champions League campaign is for so many clubs. We talk about travel is just one aspect of it. Training is disrupted. There's so much that goes into it. And the question always is, within leagues all around the world, is how's it going to impact your, your league campaign? And Nick, for all of these clubs who are traveling not only down the road, but across the biggest continent in the world as far as land they've got to get from one side of Asia to the other. Holy cow, how's this going to affect the league play? 
Well, I think that's what I mentioned earlier is, is about managing minutes, managing time, seeing what the workload is, realizing when your players are tired and they need a rest. And that's going to be tough because you're, you're, you're paying big, big money for these guys to hear, to produce. But at the same time, you've got to look after them because if you're Neymar, your Ronaldo's, your Benzema's, if they get injured, well, then no one gets to see them. So I, th- I think that the, the, the medical guys are going to be very, very important this year because, as you rightly pointed out, the AFC, we're not talking 200, 300, 400 mile trips. We're talking 1,000 miles clear across Asia. So uh, medical guys, they've got to be on it. They've got to be, you know, Taking, taking all those stats, all that data. They all wear, uh, you know, little chips now that, you know, shows how much energy they're putting out, how far they're running, how hard they're working. So I think these guys are going to be making their money this year. Yeah, and dare I say, we, we talked about Jorge Jesus and the problems that he's facing with his squad. Heck, we've seen it time and time again throughout history that sometimes fixture congestion, that can help your squad rotation. It could be a blessing in disguise. So for sure, Nick, I just want to, before we get off the air here today in advance of another fresh week of a lot of football, just want to take a look at this week's results. We haven't yet talked about your beloved fellow Englishman over at Al Etifak, a 3-1 road win, keeps them in really good form. If we pull up the league table again, we see Al Etifak holding strong in fifth place. And I'm going to remind people, this is not a public investment fund squad. So Nick, if I'm not mistaken, it was Jordan Henderson, man of the match, fresh off of international duty. Yeah, he was buzzing around like a maniac. Quazon scored for, I think, the, his third goal of the season. Good road win for uh, Steven Gerrard's team. Uh, and yeah, I was, I was actually surprised by the, the energy that Henderson put out because he had two very big games, including the, uh, the old, you know, the old enemy playing Scotland. And, uh, that would have taken, that would have taken a lot out of him, but, uh, good to see that he performed for England. And it's, I think it sends a message to Gareth Southgate that, you know, if you're playing in the Saudi pro league, it's not going to affect you when it comes to international play. And they are interesting here, Damari Gray on his debut with two assists for El Etifak. So, uh, already paying back some of that 7 million euro transfer fee. Yeah, I honestly, I'm blown away at that fee because that is a very fair and good deal that Al-Etifak was able to get. So huge kudos on that signing. Love seeing Damari Gray succeed there. Nick, that's this past week's action. But looking forward, we've got a blockbuster matchup this week. It's happening on Friday, 2 o'clock Eastern time for those of us here in the United States. Al-Nassar at home against Al-Ali. You talked about that. Nick, what are you looking for in the next week? of action well uh a classic you know we uh, we've already had one classic of the season it was a 4-3 barnstormer let's get more of the same we want to see goals 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 galore and uh with al-halali you know they are leaking them and with the bromance of of ronaldo and money i'm expecting an absolute thriller Yes, something to look forward to. Not only do we want to see goals, but we want to see all of you listeners all over the world. We can see where you're all tuning in from. We're in the top charts in the United States, throughout Europe, also in Saudi Arabia. It makes us so excited to see the traction that the Saudi soccer show is getting. You all are just as excited as we are about what's happening in the Saudi Pro League. So definitely check us out on the web at SaudiSoccerShow.com. Pound that subscribe button wherever it is that you're tuning into. And as this is our first 
first season covering the Saudi Pro League, you know what would really help us? A rating and review. It takes about 90 seconds, not 90 minutes, just 90 seconds. So definitely leave us a rating and review. Let us know what you'd like to hear more about. Express some of your views in that. We'll read them here on the air moving forward. Otherwise, Nick, that wraps up this week's action. Take it away and let us know what to look forward to in next week's show. Well, I think, you know, we're going to be talking about the big derby and we're going to be discussing the magic of Ronaldo and money and can they do it again? Will Al Nassar win five on the spin? That's the big question. We'll find out on Friday and we'll let you know all about it next Tuesday.